Welcome to Mean Green Money, the UNT Student Money Management Center podcast that explores everything you need to know to be financially successful in college and beyond. Today, since it is April and we are approaching the time of year where all of us graduating students are off looking for jobs, we thought it would be a good time to talk about salary negotiation, since it's an important topic, but a very scary and nerve-wracking topic for a lot of us who are in situations where we might actually have to do it soon. So we are here with our System Director of Financial Readiness, Rachel Grimes. Hi, I'm excited to talk about salary negotiation and how to prepare yourself for your first job offer in your negotiation process. So to start us off, why is it important that we know how to negotiate a salary? Well, the most important reason that you need to negotiate is because your starting salary, so your first full-time career starting salary, is often a predictor of lifetime earnings. So if you can negotiate upwards a little bit more in your starting salary, we know or research has shown that that will just help you increase your earnings over your lifetime, which is important when we think about how can we reach our financial goals, how can we save a little bit more for retirement, Um, And there are lots of other things you can negotiate besides just the salary as well. And so negotiation um, is an opportunity for you to work with your potential future employer to get the things that really help you have a higher quality of life. So we have to do it now because now helps determine what happens for the rest of our lives. Exactly. I mean, I wouldn't say it's that quite that <laughs> intense, but a lot of times raises are going to be based off of your starting salary, promotions, if you're staying within the same company, um, and what amount you'll be promoted to is based off your starting salary. So starting just a little bit higher sort of helps you increase your earnings. Um, so you can certainly do a career switch and get into a higher earning field those things do happen or people go back to school and that can uh, potentially impact what they earn. Um, But for the most part, trying to get um, the most starting out and really understanding how to share your value and why it's worth it for them to consider um, additional income or benefits um, can be really beneficial to you. Um, And also employers know that when an employee is satisfied with their income or their benefits, they stay around a lot longer. And that's also financially beneficial for the employer as well. Okay. And you you mentioned in there the ability to share your value. And I know in a lot of our salary negotiation workshops, one of the places we start is figuring out what your value is. So what Mm -hmm. does it mean to know your value? So what it really means to know your value is to understand what types of experiences, what types of skills you have uh, that you feel are very strong or that are your strengths and will really lend themselves to benefiting the employer. So how can you share with your employer all of the skills and experiences that you have um, that you're going to bring into that organization to help them reach their goals? And it's being confident in being able to identify those, what those experiences and skills are. Sometimes we don't even know what they are yet because we haven't thought about it. Um, And then really being able to tie those to uh, what the employer is looking for as far as what they want the position to be doing. Okay, so if, for example, somebody was interviewing to work at the Student Money Management Center, how would they take, you know, if they were a teacher before, how might they know their value 
and how that could translate mm-hmm. into working here. Yeah, so what that person would want to do, they would they would want to reflect on what are the things that they did while teaching or being a student leader or being a part of a student organization or being a part of a group project, let's just say, um, that showed the different skills that a position was requiring. So, for example, at the Money Management Center, we look for people who can be leaders, we look for people who can independently think, and we also look for people who can teach other people. Uh, So a teacher in this example would be a great example. A teacher is obviously taught before, so explaining how they like to teach, what type of methodologies they use, um, positive experiences they've had, things that they feel that really work for them or that have worked for them, and how that it can apply that to the work that we do here at the Money Management Center. So that would just be one experience they could tap into. Uh, teachers also probably have to have some leadership skills and so uh, and time management as well. So those would also be skills that they could in- talk about and enhance um, within the interview process or even at the negotiation table to say, hey, these are the experiences that I have and I know that they can benefit you Um in this position as a peer mentor. So that's sort of what you want to start doing as you think about your value is look at job descriptions, identify what their needs are, and start to pull out things that fit for you, things that you have done before or experiences that you have had um, that you can say, hey, this is what I bring to the table. It's right there in the job description. And those are things that I can do. Hi. So if we've thought through that, we now know what our skills are, what we bring to the table, How do we figure out what the market pays for those skills and what an appropriate salary is? So the best thing to do uh, before you get to the negotiation table is to do some research on what different positions in the market are paying uh, on average. And you want to make sure as you're doing this research that you're looking at locations um, in which you're actually applying for the job. So if you're looking for jobs in Dallas, you want to be looking at average salaries for the specific job you're looking for in Dallas. If you're looking for jobs in Boston, you want to make sure that your search um, is specific to Boston. A great place to go is payscale.com. You can type in different job titles. It's going to bring up a nice graph that's going to show you what uh, 25% of people in that position are getting paid, what that 50% is, so what's the average pay, and then kind of the high end and how that's typically the smaller um, amount of people are getting paid at that high end. It'll show you years of experience that are required, any kind of supervision that might be required, and it'll talk about specific skills that those people, whether it's certifications or degrees, uh, bring to the table in order to uh, garner that salary, in order to be qualified for that particular salary. And so that can really help you determine when you do get a job offer, okay, what do I know about what is being offered in the marketplace? Is this job offer uh, pretty much on target? Is it a little bit lower? And can I uh, negotiate upwards because I know it's lower than what is kind of going in the marketplace? So that really helps you determine, should I negotiate because I know this is low for the marketplace? um, Or are there other things that make this Um, offer a little bit lower um, and I'm happy with what I've been offered. And then the other thing that you want to take into account when you're looking at salaries is what is actually livable for me and what type of salary would help me be able to 
achieve the lifestyle that I would like to have um, and then also be able to reach some of my financial goals. And so you might even reduce your job search to jobs that are in that specific a salary range, they're going to help you be able to uh, do whatever you need to be able to do financially. Okay. And I know we've heard kind of the concept of, of different points that you should establish before you go into the negotiation, um, like a target salary or maybe a resistance point. Can you talk about some of those data points that you should figure out before you see the offer? Right. So with the market research, you should be able to identify a target salary. So the target salary is a salary that you would be happy with going home with. So if in a job offer situation, they offer you your target salary, you might decide that you don't even need to negotiate. You might accept that. Um, if they offer you your target salary, but you want to negotiate just to see if they can put a little bit more on the table, that's what we would call our bolstering range. So the bolstering range is anywhere from your target salary upwards, about 10 to 20% off of the target salary that you've seen in the marketplace or the salary that they've offered you. So uh, a rule of thumb is to try to stay within about 20%, asking for about 20, 10 to 20% more than what's offered or what's in the marketplace. Um, that just helps you not overstep and over and ask for a little bit too much. Um, so that's the bolstering range. So that would be where you might try to negotiate upwards. If they've already offered you your target salary, you go into the negotiation period and they say, this is what it is. You know, you can walk away happy because you've gotten your target salary. Now, if they start you lower than your target salary, you definitely want to negotiate because you want to try to get up to your target salary, um, if not a little bit above and into your bolstering range. So knowing those numbers and having them in the back of your mind, uh, when you see a job offer can kind of help you decide, am I going to negotiate at all? And if I am, um, what am I going to ask for? What does that look like? In the negotiation process, um, Sometimes providing a range can be more beneficial because it makes you appear more flexible to the employer. So if you're nervous about coming out with one hard number, um, a range above your target range and into your bolstering range can be very useful. Um, but knowing those numbers ahead of time can help you determine, should I negotiate? And if so, how much should I be negotiating for? The last thing, and I'll let you jump in if you need to, but the last thing that you asked me about was the resistance point. So the resistance point is when you know you're going to walk away. <clears throat> so when is a salary too low? You should know that based on your target salary, based on what's in the marketplace, or what you've been seeing in the marketplace, and really based on what your financial needs are. So sometimes you might go into a job offer situation where they aren't at your target salary, but you're really excited um, about the job and the opportunities that that job is going to provide for you. And so in that case, it might be okay to accept, but you also need to make sure that if you aren't at your target salary range, is this a livable uh, salary for me? 
Or will I need to go in and adjust some things within my budget or my lifestyle? And are you okay with that? And is that something that you want to do? So everybody will have a little bit of a different resistance point. Um, But the resistance point is when you know, you know what, this salary isn't going to meet my financial needs. I really need to walk away and say, thank you so much for considering me and thank you so much for the offer. uh, But this was really not the right fit for me. Okay, so it's okay. If you can't get everything you want, you can't make it work. There are other opportunities out there. It can be okay to walk away. Yeah, exactly. And this is a okay time to be doing a job search and be walking away from salaries. We're not looking at um, a depressed uh, job market situation, at least not right now in 2019. Um, so there probably will be other opportunities that are out there for you. Um, you know, it's going to depend on the industry. If you're in a very niche industry, the opportunities might be far and few between. Uh, but if you're in a very broad industry where there's lots of different players in the marketplace, the likelihood is that you'll find something that's a better fit for you. And like I said in the beginning, if you're not at the income level that you feel that you should be for your skills, um, you most likely are not going to stay in that position very long because you're going to need some other additional compensation that's going to help you uh, be able to reach your financial goals or have financial stability in your life. Um, so that's kind of something to consider if you do accept something that's um, at your resistance point. Okay. And we know that you know, the appropriate time to negotiate is after we got the job offer because that's when they want us. And before that, we really don't have any power. But that doesn't mean that employers don't ask about it beforehand. They'll ask you what kind of salary you want, or they'll ask what you've made in your last job. How do we approach some of those questions without giving too much information away? Right. I would encourage you to start thinking about what kind of questions employers might ask. They, Many employers will ask, even in the application, what your current salary is. So if you're not working in a full-time salary position, that might be kind of difficult to answer. Um, But if they ask you, you know, what are you making now? What would you like to be making? What are your salary expectations? The best course of action is to have some ways to try to deflect uh, that question. So if they say, what would you like to be making? I want to know what you'd like to be making so I can make you an offer. Um, You can say, well, I really want to talk more and hear more about the job uh, before I make that kind of decision. And so it kind of puts that back on the employer to give you a little bit more information. Uh, You could even say, well, I would be interested in seeing what the benefits are uh, coupled with an offer before I talk about salary. So there's some different ways to deflect. Um, If they ask you what you're currently being paid, you might just say, um, well, my current salary right now is not reflective of the skills and experience that I have gained over the last how many ever years you've been in that current position. So you can sort of deflect that way by giving an answer but not giving (laughs) an answer. And if they do ask for uh, salary expectations, the best course of action is to always give a range. And that's why knowing sort of where you are target-wise and where you are uh, bolstering-wise is most beneficial because then you don't sort of kick yourself out of consideration by giving one number, uh, which they might assume is sort of your hard number. Um, 
So deflection strategies are very, very important and to think about what would I do if somebody asked me this and practice that because you can be caught off guard by that uh, and then you can kind of give a number um, that really puts you at the back of the pile as far as the candidates that they have. Okay, and yeah, especially when you're going from being a college student to being out in you know, the full-time job market, it's most likely very, very true that the skills you're using now and the experience and the salary is not going to be reflective of what you should be making as a full-time employee somewhere with a college degree. So there are definitely a lot of, use that as a tool to be able to deflect that and mm-hmm. say, yeah, you know, my $9 an hour job at Starbucks is not reflective of the skills that... I'll be using in this upcoming role. Right, exactly. And that's where in the very beginning we talked about understanding your value. So you can pull some of those out and say, uh, well, my current salary is not reflective of my experience doing X, Y, and Z. And having some hard numbers about the outcomes. So have you had growth? Have you served so many clients? So really having some concrete um, outcomes can be really beneficial to sort of share not only, hey, this is the skill I have, but this is what that means specifically. So once you have a, a clear idea of this in mind, negotiating isn't something that we're used to doing all of the time. Mm-hmm. So how do we prepare, you know, not only the, the numbers, but for the actual conversational aspect? Is this something that we can practice? So I would definitely recommend practicing this, practicing this with a friend. You can also go to the Career Center here at UNT, and you can do some salary negotiation practice with them. Um, so practice is really beneficial. The most important thing to practice if you're on your own is to, what if they say no? What would be my next reaction? Because that can really catch you off guard. So thinking through all of the things that they might say and reflect back to you when you do ask for a salary increase, uh, that is very beneficial. Always start with thank you. I'm so excited for this job offer. If you are excited for the job offer, you want to say thank you so much for um choosing me to come on as your employee. Um, And you can just open with, I'd really like to talk about the salary and if there is any room for additional compensation. So it doesn't have to be you coming out with your hard number. It can be just throwing it back in their court to see where they are. And that can kind of help you lead the conversation a little bit more than you coming in and saying, hey, I would like 52 and you're giving me 40. Um, and they so that kind of gives the employer the opportunity to explain themselves a little bit more to explore with you uh, what they can and can't do. Uh, another thing that you could negotiate um, are some of the benefits, some of the time off, and you can also negotiate uh, maybe your title as well. So in some industries, titles are very important. So you, even if they can't meet your salary, maybe they'll uh, help you with a different title that looks, that will help you later on uh, in your career. And when you go into the negotiation process or before you go into the negotiation process, I recommend writing out a list of your priorities. So what's your number one priority? What's the thing you want to walk away from in the negotiation process? Is it getting past your target salary? Is it getting to your target salary? And if they can't meet you there, is it negotiating for more vacation time? Is it negotiating for relocation costs? You know, so having that list and sort of having an ordered list, what's your number one that you're going to ask for? Um, And then what are other things if they can't meet your number one that you would be interested in negotiating uh, that would keep you um, at the table um, and eventually become an employee of that particular company. 
Right, and when you're having that conversation, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of situations in which they might push back a little um, and maybe not be super excited about paying you more money. How do you know if they're pushing back or if they're objecting? How do you know if that's a hard no or if it's just a, they're trying to see how serious you are and you know if you're actually going to come up with the evidence to to ask for more? Well, most employers are going to be pretty upfront about what they can and can't do. So most uh, employers are held to certain pay bands for certain jobs. Uh, so if you're working anywhere that's a little bit bigger, when I say bigger, I'm saying more than 20 employees typically, um, they're going to have an HR department that sort of dictates um, how much they can give above um, what the stated salary is. And so most people will tell you that. Um, they might also tell you, hey, um, you know, if we start you out at that salary, you're going to be in the mid-range of that pay band for that position. And then as we look at increasing your salary through our annual promotions or however they promote people or every three years, we really don't have anywhere to take you within that position, uh, which means you might have to leave that position in order to be making more. So most employers are going to be pretty forthcoming with what they can and can't do. Um, a lot of times people just don't negotiate at all. So, you know, you negotiating um, will probably, employers expect it, but most people don't do it. Um, so I wouldn't say you don't need to try to figure out whether why, whether they're being truthful or not. You need to have a strong negotiation strategy with all of the skills that you're bringing to the table behind why you're asking for additional compensation. So it's not just, I would like more money, but I feel that by bringing me on, you will be able to see an increase in customers. You will be able to see an increase in your social media growth, whatever the position is. And because of that, I feel that um, I those values and those skill sets warrant additional compensation or whatever it may be, a different job title. Um, so don't focus too much on trying to figure out whether the employer is really being truthful with you or not. Because I would say most instances, employers are being truthful with what they can and can't do because if they've chosen you as their candidate, they want you. Um, so they might just be limited on what they can do on their end, um, and that could be things outside of their control. And as long as they are being upfront and honest with you, that's helpful because then you know, you know it's not personal. Mm -hmm. They offered you the job. They want you there. So if they can't meet you know, your salary requests, it's mm -hmm. not because they don't like you. It's just because of, you know, that's how their business operates. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so it's not something that you have to kind of feel bad about or worry mm -hmm. about. It's not because they don't like you. It's sometimes it's just business. Yeah, and sometimes at the negotiation table, they can share with you sort of what it looks like as far as, as salary growth year to year. So are you in an industry where every year um, you get a bump? Or are you in an industry where you don't ever grow? Um, and those are things that you also need to be aware of as you go um, into your salary, as you go into your research for the marketplace, what's in the marketplace, but then also understanding sort of how your industry operates. That can also help you um, in the negotiation process. So if you have a mentor, if you've internshiped somewhere uh, that is in the industry that you're interested in, I would encourage you to have those discussions uh, with your mentor or other people 
in your internship that can kind of help give you some insight into, well, here's what it typically looks like and here's what the negotiation process looks like. And then once you're in this field, here's sort of how you move up uh, income wise and here's sort of what to expect. And that can sort of help you um, understand what to expect as well and prepare you a little bit better. Do you have any other tips for negotiating successfully? A few th- tips that I will give. One thing is when we when we do this when we do salary negotiation with students, they always say, "Well, what if they rescind the job offer?" And I did a little mini poll with a bunch of people that I know. So I've been in my career for ten years. Uh, so I reached out to a bunch of other professionals, many of whom have changed jobs multiple times. And I just asked, "Has anybody had somebody rescind a job offer uh, because you tried to negotiate the salary?" And out of all of the responses, I only got one person who said yes, uh, that happened to them. And the employer's response was basically, you know, we really can't meet you there. And if that's what you want, you won't stay here long enough to add benefit to the company. So for the most part, I would wager that 99% of employers want to try to keep you at the table. Because it is very expensive to do a job search process. It's very expensive to have to start that process over again. And not even so much on the money side, but the time side. So they're missing an employee. So they want somebody in the door. So don't be afraid to negotiate, period. And if someone wants to walk away from the table, that's not the right job for you. So there's going to be other opportunities. So don't let that fear prevent you from going in to ask for what your worth is and what your value is with the skills that you bring to the table. My second tip would be to really understand your industry, uh, understand how they hire, understand how you get promoted, understand what the salaries look like um, and why people get certain salaries. Uh, That will help you be confident in the negotiation process and will also help you be confident in taking something that's at your target salary range or a little bit below your target salary range if you decide that it's really a job that you're excited about. And the last tip I would give you, we talk a lot about salary and what is it going to look like, but there are lots of other things that a job can provide to you. And those can be just as great Uh, or if not better than what the salary is itself sometimes. So do you value having time off? Do you value sick time? Are you going to have a family and they have a really strong parental leave policy? Do they have great health insurance and that's important to you? Do they have tuition reimbursement? So maybe uh, you're going to know you want to go back and get another degree or go into some advanced education. Do they pay for that? So those can be other things outside of just the salary that can make a job really, really appealing. So don't always just look at what the salary is. Look at what the other benefits of working for that organization could be and what they could provide to you as a professional or even in your personal life. And also how working for that particular employer can help you advance professionally. So even... Even if the salary is not there, but you have a lot of opportunity for growth and professional development, that can be just as impactful as what the starting salary is. So don't just get wooed by the numbers. Uh, Look at other aspects of the jobs and the employers that you're considering working with. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for sharing uh, some of your insight on salary negotiation. Do you have any final words of wisdom for our audience? My final word of wisdom would be, 
it's awkward, period. Uh, so don't go into the salary negotiation thinking, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. Uh, it's just it, we don't negotiate a lot, at least not in the United States. We don't negotiate at the marketplace. Uh, we don't negotiate prices for most things except for buying a car. So um, it is a little bit awkward, but practice will really help you. And um, don't be embarrassed if it's awkward. It just is what it is. And so embrace it. And the last thing I would say is if you're listening to this recording, before April 15th, uh, come to our salary negotiation workshop on April 15th from 5 to 6 in BLB. Uh, we'll be happy to help you put into practice some of the things we talked about. Well, once again, that was Rachel Grimes, Assistant Director of Financial Readiness at the Student Money Management Center. It is April and that is our money month, meaning if you come to any of our workshops or coaching sessions this month, you'll be entered to win all sorts of cool prizes. So you can look at our website, moneymanagement.unt.edu, for a list of all of those workshops. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Any ideas or feedback for the show can be sent to moneymanagement.unt.edu. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week.